Greetings. Welcome to this week's Read Together podcast. My name is Dorothy Ann Webster. I am a retired United Methodist pastor in the Northeast District of the North Alabama Annual Conference, and it is my joy to be with you this week. Our podcast host last week, Reverend Marion Royston, offered a pep talk as we move from the narrative readings of Exodus into the legalistic reading of Leviticus. I appreciated her pep talk and find myself needing one again this week. These passages are not always easy for us to read. And often our immediate reaction when we see the name Leviticus is to suddenly find something else to do, or at least some other scripture to read. So why do we avoid Leviticus? There are probably several reasons. One may be that it is not narrative writing. These scriptures do not tell a story. Instead, they are laws, rules, regulations, and guidelines. It's a whole different kind of reading from the stories of Genesis and Exodus. These verses are the instruction book on how to live in this new community of Hebrew people who have left slavery and are trying to learn how to live as free people who follow God, as an Israelite community. While it can be fascinating to watch these people come together and find their identity as a nation, reading an instruction book on how to do it can be a bit tedious. These scriptures are difficult for us also because they are so reflective of a very different time and space than we inhabit. Ritual blood sacrifice, the sacrifice of animals and such, was common in that day and time. It is not common today in our culture. In fact, it can seem repulsive to our sensibilities. In addition to reflecting a very different culture, these scriptures also reflect a pre-Jesus or pre-Christian theology. For example, this week we read that we are to return an injury with an equal injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which actually was an improvement on what they had been doing. Yet Jesus later taught a very different ethic. Instead of returning evil for evil, we are to return evil with good. In other words, we are called to be good and caring toward those who hurt us, to pray for those who treat us harshly, to love our enemies. As we read these scriptures this week, we may find ourselves screaming, no, because some of the laws God was giving the people then are quite different from the commandments Jesus gave and the guidance the Holy Spirit gives us. Keep in mind that these words are not the final word for Christians. So what can they teach us? And what did they teach the Israelites of Moses' day? Leviticus 18 begins, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do things like they are done in the land of Egypt where you used to live. And you must not do things like they are done in the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You must not follow the practices of those places. No, 
My regulations and my rules are the ones you must keep by following them. I am the Lord your God. You must keep my rules and my regulations. By doing them, one will live. I am the Lord. God was molding the Israelites into a nation, a nation that trusted and followed God, a nation who did things God's way. These are God's people, and God wants them to start acting like it. Moses was to explain to the people that God's way led to life. God wanted them to have life and to have a good life. And Leviticus 19 begins, The Lord said to Moses, Say to the whole community of the Israelites, You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holy, in Hebrew scriptures, means not only good and sacred, but also set apart, dedicated to God and to God's purposes. God was calling God's people to be different than they had been and different from the people around them. Even if some of the ways that we read sound alien to our ears, the idea behind them was that the people were called to trust God and to follow as God would lead them, trusting that God had their best interest at heart. We too can trust that God wants good for us, that God wants us to have life and to have it abundantly, as Jesus said. God loves us, each and every one of us. God has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into ways that are life-giving. One of our Psalms this week is Psalm 38. Verses 3 through 7 of that Psalm read, Trust the Lord and do good. Live in the land and farm faithfulness. Enjoy the Lord, and he will give what your heart asks. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him. He will act and will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like high noon. Be still before the Lord and wait for him. Several things jump out. Trust the Lord. God loves us and God is worthy of our trust. We can enjoy our relationship with God. God is faithful and will bring to completion the good work that God has begun in us, as it says in Philippians 1.6. Do good. This was one of John Wesley's primary rules for the Methodists, to do good. We do good when we are loving, when we're caring, when we look out for another's welfare, like providing food for the hungry and visiting the sick and imprisoned. When we take care not only of ourselves and each other, but of other parts of creation, too, of the land, of plants, the seas, and other creatures who inhabit this world with us. Farm faithfulness. Isn't that a nice image? It calls us to think about how faithful we are or aren't in our relationship with God, as well as in our relationships with others. When we cultivate or intentionally nurture 
the sort of faithfulness we experience from God in our hearts, in our lives, and in our relationships. We find that God's ways influence how we see others and how we respond to the situations around us. We begin to share the love God gives us, and we become a part of the transformation God is bringing to our world. The more we're faithful to God and treat other people with care, compassion, honesty, and love, the more we see those qualities take hold in the lives of those around us. Commit our way to the Lord. Follow God as faithfully as possible. And we will see God acting for our good, for the good of all creation, and for the good of our society. To truly commit ourselves to God, we have to be still and listen. We have to listen to God and to the Holy Spirit long enough to know where God wants us to go and what God wants us to do. Then, and only then, we put into practice what we have heard and we follow through, going where we are sent and sharing God's love with all those we can. Trust God, do good, cultivate faithfulness, commit our way, be still and listen. Those are good words for all of us. I challenge you to take some time each day to be still and listen. Then commit your direction to God's leadership. Keep cultivating faithfulness, doing good, and trusting God. Through these practices, God will set us apart and make us holy, dedicated to God's purposes. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining in Read Together this week and for listening to the podcast. Grace and peace to you.